what are some of those unique, special rituals that you can create in this season that, first of all, make your life easier, but also give your kids the specialness of the memories. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Gather in Growth. Okay, if I'm being honest, I have just not been feeling inspired about the topic that I thought I was going to talk about today. I have been putting off recording for several days because I just couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to say or how I wanted to say it. And last night, this idea popped into my head. So here we are. It is simple. I do not anticipate this being a particularly long episode, but perhaps there's something in here that you will find helpful. So today we are getting into some harvest mom hacks that work for me. If you are not in agriculture, perhaps this is just mom hacks. Maybe if you have a spouse that travels for work or works weird shifts or whatnot, these are just some things that I have figured out. Now, let's see, this is my seventh harvest as a mom, right? If my son is six and a half. Okay, I don't know. Math, math is hard, but I've done this a few times. And I will say my kids are four and six now. I am also 38 weeks pregnant, but I feel like I'm kind of on the other side of it being really stinking hard when they were little. I know I've had a lot of conversations the last couple of weeks with moms in agriculture who are in the thick of the like baby and toddler years. And I'm not going to lie. It it gets better. It gets better. My kids are at the age where they really understand what's going on. They get how harvest fits into the bigger picture of our lifestyle. They really miss their dad when he's not home at dinner time or bedtime, but like they conceptually can rationalize it. Like there is no rationalizing. <laughs> The upheaval of schedule and things just being different for days on end with like an 18-month-old or even a three-year-old. So I will say that this harvest had been operating very differently, even though I am physically in such an interesting place. And hey, come back in a few weeks when I am doing harvest with a newborn and ask me how well these hacks are working out. But regardless, as always, take with this information what you will, however you will, and maybe there's a piece in it that you find useful. And if you have your own harvest hacks that you would like to share, send them my way because I am always looking for, for things to do in this season. So just for a little bit of context, we grow corn and soybeans here in West Central Illinois. Our harvest season is typically... 
September, October-ish. Our optimistic goal is typically to be done by Halloween. Some years that happens, some years it doesn't. I specifically remember one year, and I don't even remember why it went so late. It must have just been a combination of weather and breakdowns and everything. But I remember like unironically listening to Christmas music while I was helping like farm Uber, like move my husband between fields or something. So I understand that this season or whatever busy season you're in looks different for everyone and every family, but this is some of what works for us. And let it be known that every farm is different. Every role on the farm is different. I am not a person who is responsible for feeding a crew. Basically, it's my husband and my father-in-law who are the harvest crew. Occasionally, they have some outside help that comes in. My mother-in-law still does the majority of providing meals for them. But even typically, they don't even want dinner. They would rather, instead of stop for dinner, they'd rather eat when they get home. So that certainly offers some context for what our current situation looks like. And if your situation looks different, maybe not all of this applies. But again, take with it what you can and know that wherever you are at and whatever your role is in life or in your operation is unique to you and your family. And there is no one right way to do this. The worst thing we can do for ourselves and our mental health is look around and see what everyone else is doing and feel like we should be doing it another way. I used to like, especially when I started meeting people on Instagram who were in the ag space, I was seeing all these just like rock star women packing like 20 field meals every night and being like, oh my gosh, like I'm a lazy bum and a half because I'm not doing that. But it doesn't even make sense for our operation and for where I'm at in this season of life. So as always, you are on your own lane and your own path. And whatever your role looks like, it is unique and important to you. And you don't have to do what anyone else is doing. And by golly, if there's something about what your current role looks like that is making you miserable, change it. Have the hard conversations, maybe not like today, <laughs> if you're in the thick of a stressful season, but at some point, you get to decide what this looks like, and it doesn't matter what anyone else's expectation of you is or has been or what they think you should be doing. If there's something you want to change, there is a way to make it happen. So once again, as always, putting the ball in your court to take ownership of your life and figure out what doing this on purpose looks like for you. But without further ado, here are some of the things that my kids and I do to not only get through this season, but really make it special and have some elements of thriving in our own way. Hey friend, are you ready to take your growth to the next level? Do you crave building meaningful connections with like-minded women who get you? then you need to be at the Ascend Retreat. My upcoming Ascend Retreat is a four-day event that will be held in Gulf Shores, Alabama from March 14th through 17th. During the retreat, you'll have the opportunity to connect with other rural women who are passionate about personal growth, gain clarity around your goals and priorities that are keeping you awake at night, 
Learn from experienced coaches and mentors, including Kylie Epperson, Coach Kaya, and yours truly. Create an action plan to bring your dream life to fruition and participate in workshops, guided activities, and individualized coaching that will not only help you grow and evolve, but shed the limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck. So what are you waiting for? Register for Ascend today and start the journey to becoming the most aligned, healthy, and purpose-driven version of you. Links to learn more and register are in today's show notes. But wait, there's more. Did you catch that cheesy reference? Podcast listeners can use code GATHER to save $200 off retreat registration through the month of September. Again, code GATHER at checkout to save $200. I simply cannot wait to ascend with you on the beach this March. Before we even dive in, a lot of that comes down to my mindset around it and the mindset that I portray for them around it. You know, if we spend a lot of time dwelling on how much it sucks, it's going to suck. Where energy, what is it? Where energy goes, energy float. There's a quote, something like that. Like whatever you are putting emphasis on routinely, that is going to be your reality. So if we are totally focusing on all of the things that we don't like about this time, it's going to make it seem like it's taking longer and it's going to be harder. Now, that totally doesn't mean to not validate their feelings in it. You know, when we're approaching bedtime or we're sitting around the dinner table and they're talking about missing daddy, I'm like, me too. I really love when daddy's here because of yada, 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 yada. And then we go into an explanation of gratitude. Okay, but how does harvest fit into the bigger picture? Like, look at all of the things that we get to do because we live on a farm. Like, why is daddy harvesting? Why is that important? Like, how do crops grow? Like, how does harvest blah, 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 blah. So it just becomes a much more neutral conversation of like, I see you, I hear you, I understand where you're at. Like, I acknowledge that this is hard. And let's see how this fits into the bigger picture and find the bright sides or the positives in it. There's room for both. Okay, but first of all, my kids and I make plans outside of harvest. Like I know one of the worst things for me to do is sit around just like waiting for my husband to get home or just like, I don't I don't even know if that makes sense, but catch my kids and I at every pumpkin patch in an hour radius on an average Saturday in harvest. Like we get up, we get going, we go do something fun, or we invite friends over for a play date, or we have dinner. Like we just make plans based on what we want to do instead of dwelling on the fact that things might look a little bit different. And that has been such a big game changer. In the early years, I would hold on to a lot of bitterness and resentment over the fact that my husband Andrew couldn't come and do things with us when he was harvesting. And it kind of took me shifting that mindset of being like, okay, but this is the reality that we're in and it's temporary. So am I going to sit around and be salty about it or am I going to go do the things that we want to do? So that is my first harvest mom hack is make plans with your friends, with your kids' friends, with your family. Like, go away for the weekend if you want to. Of course, we want to spend time also riding along if we can and being a part of it. But 
at the same time, we're not just sitting around waiting. We are really trying to build memories to embrace the season and whatever that looks like. And along those lines, we've kind of like created our own harvest rituals and routines. Like we kind of fall into this like other swing of things. And it made me smile so big because as we were approaching harvest, my son and I were just talking about how the season was coming up and what that was going to mean. And he was like, that means that sometimes after bath time, we get to put on our pajamas and go out to the field. What he doesn't know is I started doing that years ago when I just did not want to deal with the fight of bedtime, specifically with a toddler who would wail incessantly for their daddy. Because typically, like, Andrew and I do a divide and conquer bedtime situation. And I just, like, was at my wit's end. And I was like, let's get in the car and see what the guys are up to. And sometimes that involved a quick ride in equipment. And sometimes that was driving the really long way to park next to the field, look at the tractor and combine. And especially when they're little, it didn't even necessarily have to actually be ours. Now my son knows <laughs> better now. He's like, knows the names of fields better than I do. But then driving the long way home. I know not everyone's kids fall asleep in the car and transfer well, but mine do. And so that was like, my hack. And as we were approaching harvest this year, my son, who's six and a half, like that was one of the things he was most excited for. Cause I had created this like excitement and like different cool thing that we got to go do. And we did it the other night for the first time. And they were just tickled, tickled pink to get to go and do that. Like a late night. It's not even that late. It was like barely even bedtime. But it just made them feel so special. And of course, they did not fall asleep on the way home. But yeah, it was just, it was really cool. So kind of thinking about like, what are some of those unique, special rituals that you can create in this season that first of all, make your life easier, but also give your kids the specialness of the memories. Like this past weekend, I took the kids to the pumpkin patch on Saturday and then on Sunday, because it was literally 90 degrees on October 1st, I put up the water slide. Like it was just a Sam's Club find. It's nothing super fancy, but I got it for some backyard summer fun. But I'm like, you know what? It's 90 degrees. Like, let's get the water slide out. We invited a few friends over, had ourselves a great Sunday. And as we are laying down for bed that night, my son goes, you know, we had such a fun weekend. And I was like, oh yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of asking him about his favorite parts. And he goes, I really wish daddy would have been there, but honestly, I didn't think about him that much because we were having so much fun. And as much as I wish he would have been there with us, it's okay because what he's doing is important and we got to do our own thing. And I'm like not making this up when I'm saying this to you right now. And it was like, oh, it was like such a cool moment to actually hear him like articulate that, that he had appreciated what we did. And he could hold space for both emotions of, you know, missing dad, understanding why he was gone and that we had done our own thing. Okay. And then just to some more like tactical things that have been working this year, as in like over the past week, these are new for us. My son at school has gotten into the Magic Treehouse books. Now I have always read to my kids before bed. I was a teacher, like just my thing, but we've, you know, always done like picture books, whatever. 
But at school, they started reading Magic Treehouse. So I had him check one out and bring it home. And this is a kid who just really struggled to fall asleep at night, even a couple of weeks ago. And I decided, well, let's just see what happens if we read this chapter book. Y'all, he's asleep within pages for the first time ever in his whole life. Now, I understand if you have younger kids, this might not be effective, but there's something about like him having to just lay down and listen as opposed to like actively being engaged and looking at a picture book that it has like drowned out any of that like bedtime fear or anxiety or any of that. And it has made bedtime run so smoothly. I probably shouldn't even say this out loud. I'm going to jinx it, but game changer. Game changer. So find yourself a chapter book and try it. Why not? Another thing that I've been doing over the last couple of days, talking about bringing out my teacher side, is I'm doing dishes. I'm cleaning up the kitchen. Like my kids want me to play. Again, there's just not two parents here to divide and conquer like there normally is. And so I whipped out something my students used to love, which is the Cuckoo Kangaroo YouTube channel. These two guys who sing these absolutely audacious, silly, catchy songs. They oftentimes have like dance moves with it and they're just funny and silly. And I put on a playlist of those the other night while I was doing like dishes and picking up and whatnot. And my kids were so enthralled, giggling the whole way, moving out their wiggles and like totally preoccupied. And I was like, this is literally genius. It was more engaging and interactive than just turning on the TV, which again, there's nothing wrong with if that's a tool you need to use. But, you know, I wanted something to like keep them engaged and get their energy out. And they were just absolutely loving it. So Cuckoo Kangaroo on YouTube, former teacher here, kids love it. And they're just absurd, silly things. So that works really well for us. And then Otherwise, I don't know that this is a hack, but for me, I just have to adjust my expectations also. Like dinner does not have to be complicated. My son has decided that his favorite school lunch is walking tacos. Great. Taco meat is so easy to make. You want it over Doritos? Great. Live your best life. You know, frozen chicken strips with carrot sticks and apples. We're covering all the food groups there. Okay. This is great. Like just giving myself permission to not have to do everything all the time. Like there are some nights the dishes are not all going to end up in the dishwasher, which is very different for our household, but it's okay. You know, things are going to be less tidy than they might be in other seasons. That's okay. Like just letting go of some of those expectations around what it has to look like has been so liberating and so freeing. None of those are excessively groundbreaking, but maybe helpful. Also, another thing that I actually have not done yet this year, but can be great if you need a few minutes and if your farmers are nearby, is putting the kids in by themselves. Well, I mean, not like by themselves, by themselves, but like with my father-in-law, with my husband, and me going on a little walk instead of sitting in there with them. Like, of course, I love the time that we are all in the cab as a family, but also they love writing and 10, 20, 30 minutes of walking sanity is also good for everyone. So don't be afraid for that. Now, 
If you are the person who is driving equipment or you are running meals, this may or may not apply, but this is just some things that have been working for us and hopefully it is helpful for you too. So with that being said, we got this. Now in a few weeks when I have a newborn and we're still harvesting, I'm going to be very open to your newborn harvest hacks because I have only ever had March babies. So this is going to be a whole new ball game. But regardless, I am so forever grateful that you are here, grateful to be in community with you and just encouraging you to embrace this season with the good and the hard and know that like every season, it will not last forever. And soon enough, it'll be winter and we'll get twinkling Christmas lights and then it'll just be snowy and cold. So at the very minimum, I'm just trying to soak up the last little bits of green grass and changing leaves and embrace the season for what it is. Maybe one of the most powerful lessons I've learned over the last year is that there are seasons that are good and there are seasons that are hard and they all fit. They all fit. And seasons change, at least if you're in the Midwest. (laughs) But even the seasons of life, they change. And that is the constant. And so we will get through this together. Anyway, forever grateful for you. And I'll catch you next week. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.